Mike Darrow to center. Lundick shoots. He scores! Johnny Lundick does it again! Jarvis in close shot. There's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old, short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia podcast. Welcome into Pucklandia. Uh, doing, pleased to have Josh Kreitzer of PNW Hockey Talk on the show to look at trade deadline and and what it means for for the Winterhawks. It was a uh, you know on, and and maybe the rest of the division or, or league, depending on how how far we want to go with this. But you know, first off, uh, how, it's it's good to have you back on the show, Josh. Yeah, thanks, Chad. I appreciate it. It's always uh, always good to be on, and uh, it's been a been a busy week here. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, a lot's gone on over since we last talked. What only about a week ago? So you know, obviously there wasn't a lot of moves for Portland, but they were pretty significant. And uh, you know, some some high end, a couple high end guys coming over to Portland, and some some uh, you know valued you know draft capital going out the door, and, and a couple of roster players, which is a little unusual for this this uh, you know the way that. Portland typically does things. I mean, kind of where, where do you want to where do you want to go with that, Josh? Yeah, I think there's you know the obviously the the big fish was you know being Nate Danielson and acquiring him from the Brandon Wheat Kings and what what he's going to mean to the Winterhawks and and how he's going to kind of slot in. I think there's there's going to be plenty of options for for Mike Johnson and Kyle Gustafson, uh, especially on the power play. Uh, I think that's something we'll maybe want to touch on a little bit. There is just kind of what that's gonna, what that power play is gonna look like. But you know, when when you look around the league, especially after you know, you know kind of right after World Juniors uh, a week ago, uh, that's when you know Connor Geeky and Matthew Savoy were were traded from the Wenatchee Wild uh, to Swift Current and, and Moose Jaw, respectively. Uh, those were kind of the kind of the two big fish that that were out there, and then uh, kind of the other one that you weren't sure if what was going to happen uh, with Nate Danielson and Brandon, you know, that kind of turned a little bit into an arms race out east with uh, Saskatoon uh, really kind of pushing all their chips into the middle as well. Um, so you know, there was just kind of this question was was what was Portland going to do? Were they going to look at depth? Were they going to look at trying to add? kind of a blue chip like they got in Danielson or, or kind of where where were they headed and you know the deal kind of came together in, in kind of the, the last few minutes there before the deadline and uh, ultimately Portland was able to to get a uh, you know uh, Danielson who is you know, the ninth overall pick in in the 2023 draft which uh, caused a lot of confusion on social media that he's he's not an 18 year old he's not an he's in fact a 19 year old he's not an overager there's just a lot of confusion I was seeing back and forth on, on social media, but uh, with him having a late birth year, uh, despite it only being his first year after being drafted, uh, he is a 19-year-old, so Portland will only have him for, um, you know, kind of the stretch run here and, and, and playoffs. He will, uh, with already being signed by by Detroit, he will not be back with the Winterhawks next year uh, as an overage player. So, uh, but he's definitely going to. Uh, 
bringing in a, a lot of firepower. He adds a lot of size up front as well. He's he's got a good frame, 6'2", 188. So he he's going to be a he's going to be uh, he's going to infuse a lot of offense in, into the Winterhawks lineup. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, a player that we've talked about. You know, I guess I guess I didn't think about it till just just now, but we talked about him quite a bit on our uh, our last episode, and at least that 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 time was justified for for the listeners because that actually came to fruition. But you know, it 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 almost didn't. I mean, you know, a friend friend of of WHL Unfiltered, uh, Perry Bergson said that. Uh, Murray told him that, you know, the, the, the Wheat Kings GM told him that there was eight teams in on this player, yep. which is a pretty, you know, pretty interesting, uh, you know, a, a good position to be in if you're the Wheat Kings. And, you know, I don't want to diminish the, the roster players that went the other way for, for Portland that, you know, were, you know, fans surely liked both of those players. But, you know, I felt like, you know, those, the price, for the prices being as high as they were, I didn't think that they got out of that too bad with, uh, what was it, two, two firsts and a fifth? Yeah, two firsts, a fifth, uh, defenseman Rhett Ravendahl, and forward Nick, Nicholas Johnson. So, yeah, to me, I mean, you look at what some of these other guys went for, you know, the, uh, you know, Grayson Sachin or, you know, the, both the, the, the high-end forwards out of Wenatchee. I mean, I thought that it was, you know, it was a lot closer to the, the Fraser-Minton trade, which, yes. you know, I thought was – you know, I mean, it's it's easy for me to say, you know, spe- you know, they're not my my picks to give up, and you only get you know one first a year. But, you know, I thought it was a a, a pretty reasonable trade in in in, uh, in comparison to some of the other ones. Oh, 100 percent. And you know, I think you know, for, from Brandon's perspective as well, you know, there was a lot of talk that they wanted because um, they kind of feel like their their window is going to open you know, next year, especially as some of these top teams start to, you know, Medicine Hat's definitely going to be up there, you know, next year as well. They're, you know, they're, they're an absolute wagon with, with some of the, their younger players. But, um, you know, Brandon, a lot of the ask that they wanted was, was 18 year olds. And, and so that's why I think you see, you know, Johnson and Ravendahl being included as, as they're both 18 year olds. And so, you know, they'll get, they'll get an opportunity to, to get some playoff experience, um, you know, this year with, with the Wheat Kings and, you know, Johnson had some experience last year in, in the playoffs and, and got into some games uh, as well. I think he got into nine of them, I, I think, last year. So, um, or all nine, I should, all nine, I should say. But, you know, I, I think that kind of was, was part of the reason why Portland was able to, you know, avoid paying some of the picks was because there were roster players that were included and that, that just makes a big difference. And it, it helps Brandon keep their window that, that they've got, that they've identified. Uh, it'll help, it'll help them next year. And it also helps Portland as they've got a log jam of, of defensemen and forwards that are signed uh, for next year that will be competing for spots. So uh, it opens things up a little bit for, 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 uh, the Winterhawks, uh, it is going to kind of create a little bit of, of a of a vacuum uh, for right now. But you know, Johnson has been injured. He has he hasn't played um, in a little while. I, I think his last game uh, was back on December 10th. So uh, he's been out uh, injured. But I, I know he was uh, close to getting back to to going. So they'll be able to help Brandon this year. But then they're also going to kind of contribute a little bit uh, again, uh, more as 19 year olds next season. And and from Portland's perspective. 
you know, they gave up two first round picks. They didn't give up their first rounder for next or for this coming draft in 2024. Uh, and I think that's a really important uh, thing to, to keep in mind as well. Their pick in 2025, uh, they, they gave up as the, the first rounder and then uh, 2027. Um, and that first rounder in 2025, I think Brandon probably wants that because Portland is going to be a, a much younger team next season as they'll lose you know, all three overagers, and, and they've got several 19-year-olds as well. So, um, you know, you know, Portland's, they don't have a second and a, and a third round pick now uh, in the 2024 draft, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, that they can maybe try and recoup some of those picks as, as they try and sort out their overage situation for next year. Uh, and the other thing, too, that that's not 100%, I don't know how much of it's out there, but, and whether or not you know something happens here in kind of the, the final couple of you know weeks and months before before the before the draft, but um, there is kind of this um, looming Graham Jones unsigned first round prospect out there that that the Winterhawks drafted, and the WHL gives you a compensatory uh, second round pick if you don't sign your first round player, and. In fact, the last time that that happened was Tyson Jugnoth with the Swift Current Broncos. So that become that pick, uh, the the Broncos were able to get in in that in the draft after he committed to to college, which is what what Jones would have in this upcoming draft. Portland would then pick up basically the 45th overall pick in the 2024 draft should he not sign with the Winterhawks or they don't trade his rights. So in in one sense, you're kind of getting a second round pick back if if Jones doesn't sign. Uh, but yeah, that's, I, I think from, that's a really long winded way to say that you're absolutely right. That the picks that Portland gave up they're they're enough in the future that you can try and recover some of those picks. Portland has also done a really good job of drafting players, uh, in the later rounds. Uh, the majority of this team outside of the trades that they've made have been players that are, uh, kind of in, in the later rounds and, and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think Clawson is the only first-round pick on, on the team. Um, I, I believe, unless you're counting the uh, import draft. So they've been able to assemble talent using kind of the, the later-round picks uh, as well. So, um, you know, th there's obviously cause for concern uh, in terms of uh, the cupboard, but uh, they have a long track record of, of being able to, to handle that, and, and they've got such a deep scouting pool, and all the scouts do such a great job of finding the, the, these players and, and being able to, to include them uh, and, and get uh, contributions up and down the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kiefer, Kiefer Bellows was a sixth-round pick, if, if memory serves, and, and uh, yep. I think the, f the first guy they picked that year, and, and then uh, it was a bad year for draft picks. And then, uh, you know, guys like I, I mentioned on Unfiltered that, you know, Chase Delio was a ninth-round pick, and, and you won yep. a championship and, and played for three more with him. So they, they have they have done well with that in the past, but, you know, it is, you know, it can be a little tougher, you know, to rely on those things. But, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's opened up some, you know, some flexibility to, to deal with resources in a different way than, than a lot of teams do. Yeah, and even this year's team, you know, Marcus Newen, who leads the league in shorthanded goals, he's an 11th-round pick. Josh Okreski is an 8th-round pick, right? Like, those are guys who... Um, have have done a really good job uh, for them, and and even Nick Johnson, who was included in, in the trade, he was a tenth round pick, right? So you know, kind of the list goes on and on about where where they're able to find some of these find some of these players, 
Um, you know, the goalie they just signed, Merrick Schlenker, he's an eighth-round pick. So they just kind of continue to be able to find these players, and it, it really can, can make a difference in, in your lineup when, when you can get players like that later in the draft and come in and, and kind of play in your top six and, and, and top nine. And, you know, two of their overage players are list players, right? So as they continue to find, you know, players like that, you know, Luca Cagnoni is a, is, a, is a list player. Another one of the, you know, is the top defenseman on the team. So you have, you have these types of abilities when you're Portland that maybe some of these other WHL teams who have to rely solely on the draft and the top end of the draft. So, you know, obviously, you know, if you, if you can hit on it, great. But Portland's top two picks... Um, that that are eligible to be playing on this year's team, Graham Jones and Jaden Perron are, are you know who were you know Jones was the first round pick and then Perron was the first pick in the second round you know twenty third overall you know he's playing for University of North Dakota right now so um, even when they've had you know top picks in in the, the late two rounds or the the top two rounds lately they've unfortunately not been able to get those guys across the line now granted they've they've been able to you know sign their first three picks from from the 2023 draft which is which is great um you know w- with with Darby uh Duguay and Chapman so that's going to that's going to help you know they've got kind of those that influx of of what will be 16 year olds next year uh, eligible to to play so uh, the cupboard's not bare by any means yeah and we've seen you know uh, we, we mentioned, you know, Cam Loops and, and, and Seattle and, you know, I'm trying to think who else comes to mind, but some of these, Wenatchee. so yeah, Wenatchee, some of these teams that have, you know, figured out ways to, you know, r- kind of shorten the cycle of, of, uh, of the rebuild, you know, and go through some, some immediate pain and then, uh, and then, and then pick back up. I mean, I think, you know, Cam Loops in the last two weeks, I think they have more picks than, than anybody else all of a sudden. And, they didn't have any to start the year, so it's, yep. it's you know it's if you can you know I, I assume that uh, you know some of the veteran general managers you know like MJ is probably you know taking notes on that and 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 paying attention. I mean we haven't really had to have a a, a rebuilding year since since Mike was was in Pittsburgh and and even then they went you know five hundred made the playoffs in you know in the, yep. in the second comp on years. As frustrating as that was around here, it was still kind of you know. I mean, it was it wasn't like it it was in the before times, or or you see like you know what what Seattle or Kamloops going through right now. Yep, and and that's one of the things that the organization prides itself on is consecutive forty win seasons and not doing these crazy swings where you're a favorite to win the league and then you're out of it for the next two, three years while you rebuild and you have to say goodbye to the, to, to some of your top players. So that's that's just not how the Winterhawks style is and, and how Johnson likes to, to, to run his organization as, as the president, general manager, and uh, head coach. So, you know, that fr- from that perspective, it's just a, it's a different philosophy. And, you know, if, if you look at you know, if you look at this trade of, of Danielson versus you know, the Hofer trade, you know, I think the big difference is obviously you're seeing, you know, only three picks as opposed to, I think it was six or seven um, in, in that one. And, you know, there was multiple, you know, still two first round picks separated by two years as well. And, but then you've got second thirds and fourths and fifths in there as well. So, um, you know, Mike has done these, these trades um, before, but it's, it's been about four years since he's, since he's traded some of you know these really high these high picks so um you know he he is going for it in a way if you will 
with Gideon Danielson, and and then you look and you see, you know, Prince George, you know, Mark Lamb, and their general manager there has has done a really good job of identifying talent um, that is good. And we kind of alluded to this a little bit on on last week's show of just the ability to kind of find guys who who fit the the junior system and the system he wants to play that may not have the NHL pedigree, um, but he gets the most out of his players. And you know, so they made a couple of kind of if you will, more minor moves that, that aren't going to maybe show up on, you know, some of these, you know, NHL, you know, talk shows and, and things like that of, of, oh my gosh, of, of first rounders are getting traded and things. But, you know, but Prince George didn't exactly, you know, I would say load up by any means. Everett didn't do anything either. Uh, you know, they had made a, a move, you know, in the week or in the, the days prior, you know, get getting a, uh, an upgrade on defensemen from their standpoint. So, uh, you know, there's a couple little moves there, but by all means, I think this makes Portland probably the favorite in the Western Conference. Well, and you look at, you know, we talk about how how this team is, you know, has built, you know, itself over over year the historically, you know, with through uh, some later round picks and and you know, uh, astute listing and and trying to trying to you know identify talent that you know a lot of other teams might not have you know valued as highly and you look at you know the the cycle that that they've been on they've really been building towards this year for some time I mean coming into the year with four 19 year old defensemen now you have five I mean you know you look at you know last year when they didn't really add anything and didn't spend the assets you know aside from it from a Chaz Lucius that you know obviously that was uh that that star burned too bright but uh you know and so it was really frustrating to you know not be able to to have a really good hockey team but not be able to to compete with with cam loops but that's because you know it wasn't they were they were a year early i mean it's really it's really set up for this year i mean on on whl unfiltered i made the comparison to you know this year's medicine at tigers maybe being a kind of a similar boat that you know they they're really good, but probably not going to be able to compete with, you know, uh, Saskatoon. And so you try to save those assets for the year after. But, you know, that being said, I mean, there's, I feel like there's, there's probably a lot of pressure on the Winterhawks, you know, as far as, you know, you've built for this year, you sacrificed a little bit, you know, a potential last year you know, put your eggs in this basket. So, you know, I, feel, I don't, I don't know if the, how much the pro players are feeling that, but I got to think the front office is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think too, when you look at some of the, the picks and things, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what Portland gave away and, you know, I was, I was, I was looking and I, I was talking with, with a couple of people within the organization and just kind of, kind of chatting about the different, you know, approaches and styles and, um, you know, Moose Jaw, you know, by, you know, from kind of the list that, that I'm looking at, you know, since, since kind of the, the mid midway part of, of the season or, or, you know, kind of how they've, you know, over, over changed their roster, overhauled their roster, you know, they've brought in five other players and, and acquired three picks, you know, and kind of the, the top player there being Matthew Savoy. But what they traded out, five first round picks, three second round picks, a third, fourth, sixth, eighth, and then five roster players. Like, they like that's a very different loading up than what you saw Portland just do. And so, and you know, Swift Current's kind of done a little bit and, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, Sean on, on WHL and filtered has got a lot of experience and stuff with that from, from his time there with, with the Broncos and, and how close he is with, with, with that. And, um, 
you know, and it's it's kind of interesting just the cycle of junior hockey, and it's two kind of of the similar teams that we saw, you know, four or five years ago, kind of pushing all their chips in the middle are are kind of back up here on top, and uh, you know, it is just kind of what what junior hockey is kind of all about. And you know, if that sets up, you know, an inevitable showdown, or, or not necessarily inevitable, but a likely showdown with either Prince George, Everett, or or both, or or maybe Victoria or Wenatchee, I mean, depending on how things settle out. I mean, you know, again, the, the Cougars didn't really do much, and, and Everett added a, a, a nice, you know, overage defenseman, but otherwise kind of kind of sat back. I, I kind of wonder what, what their strategies are as, as far as, you know, um, trying to, to, to rule the West here. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to, you know, Everett's got a lot of picks, and they're probably looking at at it going, okay, you know, let's, you know, you talked about before about being maybe a year early, and they've got a bunch of, they've got two first-round picks in, in 2025, and they've got two first-round picks in 2024, and so, you know, those could be, they could be looking at it going, okay, let's let Portland and PG battle it out this year. And we'll rise to the top next year. And we'll we've got these picks that we can either kind of bolster our team, you know, going forward, or we can use these assets again uh, at at the draft when when you kind of start building out your roster for the next season. And so they could be looking at it as okay, let's get some of our younger guys an experience. We we like the team that we have. You know, let's go to battle with with the guys that we've got. And I've got an overage goalie and and Tyler Palmer that 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 you know can can win games for them as well. So. Or steal games if they if they need them to. So, you know, there's there, there's all sorts of different different options there. But the team that really surprised me the most was probably Vancouver, and you know they're they're sitting you know eighth in the conference right now. But they they make a couple of big deals after you know selling off the past couple of years um, with the Justin Sordiff, and then um, oh I'm blanking on his on his name from from last year. Um, Oh, who went to Wenatchee or Winnipeg. They moved their captain two years in a row. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you kind of look at it and you go, okay, are they looking to get some playoff experience? Do they feel like they can climb up a little bit in the standings? Um, But, you know, know, they're, you know, they've got, you know, they've got, they've played two extra games, but I think they're still six points back of Kelowna for sixth. So it's a long ways to go. and, And then, you know, there's 16 points back of Victorian fifth. So at most likely, they're go- the highest Vancouver is going to climb is to sixth, which puts you in a in a battle with most likely you know Wenatchee or Everett and, and all those things. And but yeah, again, these teams, especially in junior hockey, where these teams make their money is in the playoffs. And so sometimes you look at the moves that they make, and it's okay. Can we can we get ourselves to getting to maybe three home playoff games? And you know, kind of get us into into the positive in terms of uh, revenue and and profit for the year. And and also, you know, when you've got younger guys like Vancouver does, you you want to get them playoff experience and you want to get them that opportunity. It's it's why Prince George is going to be a, a real tough out in the playoffs this year because two years ago, you know, the Riley Heights on that team were 16 year olds going up against Portland and. Yeah, they probably were real long shots to win that series, but the experience that they gained by by being there is going to pay off dividends, you know, in a couple of years down the road. So that could be what what Vancouver's doing, but some of the prices and stuff that they paid, you know, if, if you look at what they paid for for Connor Levis, and then you kind of translate that or correlate that back to uh, what what Portland paid for Danielson, it's uh, you know Levis is a good player and he's got you know Memorial Cup experience and things like that, but you know, from, from Portland's standpoint, like 
you know, I'd call the little bit extra that they gave up there, I think is, is a much better, uh, you know, cost versus, you know, what you got in exchange. Yeah. I mean, you know, Danielson is, is, is signed by a, an NHL team. I mean, yep. not, not a real NHL team, but you know, <laughs> as the Colorado fans are talking, well, yeah, <laughs> but an NHL team nonetheless, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, but it, it, I mean, there's just there's just no rules anymore. It's a total breakdown of society. I mean, you look at, yep. you know, Spokane traded a second, a third, and a, and a roster player for for Shea Van Olm from from right. Kamloops, and they're, you know, I mean, they have a lot of picks. I mean, you know, Bardsley has done a really good job of of amassing resources there, but, you know, I mean, it seemed like an odd odd move to me, and you know, and and I keep talking about it but the oil kings adding a, a really good player in grace and sachin and when they're in dead last in the east and i don't right like maybe it'll make sense later on i know that you know saskatoon would would do stuff like this a couple of years ago and and it seemed odd and then you know over time it it, it makes more sense and 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 comes out the you know on the, the logical end when the when the dust settles but at the moment, I'm just like I it, it I don't know. It seems weird, but you know it's so, so that you know if the the top team in the division at the time get rid of their guys and the bottom team added a bunch. So it's kind of it's you know it's kind of it it seems you know, a little topsy turvy, but you know I mean it's kind of the as as the, the 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 market evolves, I guess. Yeah, exactly, and it's. You know, especially with the rule change, you know, I, I bet you, um, I didn't get a chance to listen to it's on my it's on my queue of podcasts right now to, to listen to your show that you had with Perry, um, and just kind of the uh, you know from up in Brandon, um, and just how 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 the whole dynamic in the league has shifted with trading not being able to trade sixteen and seventeen year olds now with, without permission, and which is why I think you're seeing more and more of these picks being included and especially with, you know, when, when you're able to trade a roster player or a, or a prospect who's a 16-year-old, uh, you know, you, you've at least seen them in the Western League. You, you have a, some experience and, and some tape on them to know what you're getting as a player, and you've got somebody who's committed to the league and, and all of that. So um, I, I think that's definitely changed some things around in, in, in what we've seen in, in the and the prices over the, the past two years, and you know, I think when, whenever the, the league's hosting the Memorial Cup, you'll just naturally see the prices be a little bit higher. But you know, from from this standpoint, it's you know that's it's, it's just kind of the way junior hockey's kind of turned into it. You know, you know, and it's not exclusive to the Western League. The the OHL and the the Q have have got quite um, the traits as well. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, I I feel it's still you know the Wild Wild West maybe isn't quite quite as wild i mean you know it's not a i mean it, you know you you i don't it apples and oranges but you compare it to the, the transfer portal and ncaa football or something i mean there's just you know yep. it, it yeah it's all over the place but um where where where, where, where we want to go now do you want do we already uh yep. sufficiently talk about uh the defenseman that they acquired here a couple weeks back yeah, with, with Jugnath, yeah, I, I think there's we, we touched on a lot of that, you know. I think, but you, you know, when I guess the one other point I wanted to make on that, when you know, because I, I had received a lot of questions from Port, Portland fans, just like why didn't they make another move? Like what, what, like if you're gonna push all your chips in for Danielson, like why aren't you making another move? Well, when you look at you know, and we touched on last week of you know, Jugnoff. Now, granted, if, if he's not back as an overage next season, they'll, they'll get their second-round pick back in 2025. 
Um, but that that's why they don't have a second round in 2026. That's why they don't have a third round in 2024. Um, and then you also have, um, you know, Diego Barazzoni, who, who was traded uh, as well. And so that there's a bunch of picks that were uh, included in that as well. So um, I think there were second round picks in there. So th- th- that could be a situation too where, you know, Johnson is going to need some of his picks around. So uh, I just think that's the other kind of element uh, that's there with with why Portland didn't maybe make some other moves. Uh, I know they were sniffing around on, on some other guys and some other players. I'm not going to comment on that since the, the moves didn't happen. Um, you know, just out of respect for, for those players that uh, didn't get, get, get traded and, and things like that. But, um, but again, you just look at some of the costs and, you know, the, some of those other depth guys and, and what they were costing, um, you know, in second round picks and third round picks. And you kind of look at, okay, how much do we trust that versus, you know, tr- or trusting a, a player that is, how is he going to fit into our system versus a guy that we have? And, you know, also, you know, Johnson's going to want to get minutes for, Miller and McDonough, if he can, Th- those are two big pieces of of the future as sixteen year olds, and 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 you know how does he elect to use Darby and Yuremko? I think those are two other kind of kind of wild card players as well who who could maybe benefit from uh, some of you know there's a there's an extra roster spot open I guess if you will with 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 Johnson uh, being traded out of of the forward group. Now, granted, he hasn't been playing, but you know, he was going to slot back in either under the kind of that third line or fourth line. So uh, that kind of gives those other guys now that opportunity as well. So, um, you know, which kind of gets into, I think, the other thing to talk through is just what is what does Portland do with their line combinations? And, you know, that top line right now of, of Kloss and Davies and Stefan is is borderline unstoppable for teams. Uh, what's the phrase? You, you can't stop them. You can only hope to contain them or something like that. And... So do you break them up? What do you what do you do there uh, when when you infuse Danielson into the lineup? Um, which um, you know I'm I'm not I don't have anything confirmed yet, but there's a chance that he may not be here this weekend, and that he may be uh, joining uh, the Winterhawks later into next week. Uh, so if you don't see him in in a Winterhawks jersey, you know quite yet this weekend, just no need to panic. There's there's all sorts of things that that can take place there between. You know all the snow and all the travel stuff that's going on right now, and uh, sometimes when you have you know Canadian players and playing for Canadian teams, there could be visa challenges. You know we've seen that with sometimes at the start of the Neely Cup where players aren't you know able to get here right away. So there's a lot of things that may have to get worked through. But you know also what do you do with that power play? And you know Danielson I think is going to be a, a weapon on the power play. Uh, but what's absolutely crazy, and you know you're looking at his stats here. He doesn't have a power play goal this year, and um, I, I don't know. I think he's only got a couple assists uh, on the power play right now with with Brandon. So uh, you know, Portland's power play is is lethal. It's deadly, uh, but but ultimately, what it, what do you do? And you know, Kurt, who who helps me out with, with PNW Hockey Talk, he and I were talking about like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to you don't take Clawson off the half wall? That's where Danielson was playing in, in Prince in, in Brandon. Davies is kind of your net front guy. You can maybe have Jack O'Brien, but he's kind of been your distributor a little bit. And, you know, Kurt was, you know, also talking about like, you know, you got Canyoni on, on the uh, running the point, and then you got Stefan on the other wing kind of, you know, taking shot. So, you know, what, there's only five spots available there. Now, does that help bolster your second unit? You know, where do you put them there? Where, you know, do, does Danielson stay as a center, does O'Brien stay as a center? You know, Johnson's been using O'Brien for the past two years as 
kind of that defensive center who matches up against other teams' top lines. Do you really want to tinker with that too much? Do you put Danielson on the wing? Like, there's a lot of different things. You know, how do you use Chazowski? Does Chazowski move to the wing? Um, you've got you've got all sorts of questions, but I think there's gonna there's gonna be kind of anytime you have a, a trade like this, it's it's exciting. There's options. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer with it, but there's a lot of questions, and it'll be fun to see how the coaching staff uses kind of this new shiny new toy in Danielson. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of clubs, you know, in in it in any level that you know would love to have the problem of we got too many good guys to to find you know time on the power play for so yep. uh you know i think you can i think you can live with it you just go with the go with the hot hand that that night or you know how that how that week is going or whatever i mean i think there, that could be could be a lot of it too so but yeah uh, and and we and we've seen it right like kurt really pointed this out too so so credit to him but you know what in that prince george game you know, Portland, you know, a lot of their power play up until then was kind of running it, you know, kind of from up high. Well, in the Prince George game, their power play adjusted and they started running everything from down low below the goal line. Well, so maybe it's a situation where depending upon the opponent you're playing is that's where you kind of mix guys in and out. It's like, okay, let's move, let's move O'Brien from, you know, okay, when we, we got a little bit of a bigger team, we, we moved Danielson in and now you've kind of got two kind of two kind of bigger stronger guys up you know near net front with, with Davies and, and Danielson and then okay now if you've got a team that's a little bit more aggressive on on the penalty kill like like Victoria uh, is known to really kind of just pressure the puck and kind of force you to make you know fast crisp passes okay that's when you move Jack back up to that top unit or all different sorts of things so there's lots of different options that are out there uh, and like you said it's 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 a definitely a good problem to have and I think it's really going to I think it's going to help Danielson. I don't think, you know, there's, you know, I was seeing some things yesterday about him not having a great year and all those different things. And I don't want to bash on, on Brandon or how they, how they used him or different things like that. But, you know, we, we talked about this on, on last week's show that the Winterhawks and Johnson are really good at getting the most out of players. And we've seen it with what, what's happened with Josh Davies and what he's been able to do. And uh, I'm excited to see how Danielson elevates his game when, when he gets here to, to Portland and, and move into kind of a top team, a top scoring team. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talent around him, regardless of what line he plays on. Um, you know, I think with his playmaking ability and his size, there's it, it could be a lot of fun seeing how he interacts with Nguyen. Um, and if if that's the case, if your line is, you know, Danielson, uh, O'Brien, and 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 Nguyen, your third line of Chazowski, Budazoni, and Zakreski look out <laughs> like that is a dynamic third line and that's going to cause um some matchup nightmares down down the line and you know that gives portland a really really solid top nine and that that's just i think just is going to speak to the depth of this team but they now also have that game breaker in danielson who who can just um f- flip the switch you're not the ninth overall pick in the nhl draft for no reason and um he's he's going to have that ability to kind of be that game breaker um, and a guy that will kind of demand the puck and, and want the puck in, in the closing minutes, which is, you know, the closest we've seen since Lucius. And, you know, Lucius was here for six games. Um, but probably the, the, the most kind of dynamic player they've had, you know, game-breaker-wise since Jarvis. You know, you talk about, you know, closing. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the Prince George game. I mean, maybe we could either – 
you know, real quick recap on, on, on that weekend playing, you know, Prince George and Everett. So the, you know, the other, you know, heavies in the, in the Western conference currently. And, and I thought it was really interesting, really both nights, especially, you know, Everett that every time the winter Hawks scored, Everett found a way to, to answer seemingly in the, in the, in the next shift, but you know, they, they, they battled back and, and, and dealt with that adversity and, and, and picked up, you know, four points over, over the weekend against a couple of formidable, formidable, uh, foes, you know, what did, what did, uh, you know, kind of what, what do you, what do you take out of that weekend? Yeah, absolutely. And they, they did, they gave up some goals after, after they scored. And, but a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the exact opposite where the other team would score and Portland would come right back. But the two things that I go back to on that game or those two games is you have Newen who scores a shorthanded goal to get the game into overtime when they were about to get no points. Um, you know, they had that, that late push and, and had the penalty and just kind of out of nowhere, you know, Chazowski to Newen and next thing you know, it's, it's overtime. So they, they kind of escaped, you know, there with, and then win it, win it in the shootout. Um, and, and you get the two, two big points there. And then the next night, you're going up against Prince George, who the last time they were in Portland, they shut him out 4 nothing, and the score wasn't even, you know, it, it should have been a lot more than that, probably. Um, but Portland's power play was deadly, you know, 3 for 7 on that night. And that's, I think that's more the story, is that they've got, they've got that, and then they were then able to get another really late goal with a minute left with Josh Davies of just a really strong playoff on the rush. And so... I think the compete with this team, we saw it in Tri-City with two empty net, you know, our six on five situations. Um, so this team just doesn't quit. And, you know, I've seen some people saying cardiac kids and, and different things like that. I don't think they're quite at Victoria's level in terms of number of comeback wins, you know, in the third period and things like that. But they've, they've handled some adversity recently and they've handled it really well. And in some of the areas where they've struggled they've made adjustments and improvements for a while. It was okay. They couldn't shut down a team the other team's top line. Well, they've kind of addressed that they were struggling in six on five scenarios. They've kind of addressed that. It's just kind of the, the flow of hockey and kind of how, how things go and they're never going to quite be perfect. But, you know, in talking with Johnson after both nights, it was, he likes these opportunities. He likes that the games are close. He likes that there's adversity because the playoffs aren't going to be easy. The playoffs aren't going to be winning 5-1 every night as much as, you know, as fans are going to want to see, you know, those types of score lines. It's going to be these 3-2, to 4-3 type of games. And having this experience that they had last weekend with those two games against Prince George and Everett kind of as measuring sticks to see where they are, they just did a really good job, and they're they're still doing this with their whatever level of goaltending you want to ask about or kind of clarify. They're not doing it with their top three goalies right now, um, you know. And so um, to be able to, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Nick Avakian and, and how he played in both those games. There are other goals he maybe wants back, yeah, but there's also some saves he made that you thought he had no business making. So, uh, you know, a lot of fans are, I, I just it's like, well, he should have stopped that one. Okay, but how about the four that he stopped that he shouldn't have, right? Like that's Sometimes that's my counterpoint on, on goalies, but there was a lot to like in those games. You know, they were four for four on the PK against Prince George, and Prince George had a lethal power play coming in. 
And Zach Funk's going to get his goals. I think he scored on, you know, however many, what, four, something like, how many goals does he have, Chad? I mean, a bunch, right? Like, he's leading the league by 42. Here it is. 42, 42 goals, right? Like, that's not Connor Bedard scoring 42 goals, right? Like, he's going to get his chances. He's going to score. But they, after that, they held him in check. And I I think those are, that's a big measuring stick. And I think those are things that, you know, they're going to have two rivalry games this weekend against Seattle, and then you get Kamloops coming in on Monday. Um, you know, teams that are a little bit lower in the standings, but it's th- there's a lot to like from last weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, 42 goals is a pretty good year in this league, and there's still like several months left. So, be, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really curious as to, to to what kind of what kind of total he might end up with there. I mean, you know, back to the. You know, we had, you know, Bjorkstrand and Sven Berchi and some of these guys, you know, Ty Ratty here locally. I mean, this guy might be, you know, eclipsing some of those numbers for for the season. I'm really keeping an eye on that. But, yeah, I definitely wanted to circle back around on the, the goaltending, and, and, and you did. I mean, there's there's five goalies currently on the, on the roster, three of them on IR. You're keeping – or two of them on IR, rather. You're keeping, you know, three of them just because you about got to have three – in order to have two of them play the way the, the things are going for this team. I mean, you know, when, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's also, it's cliche, but you know, if you can add a, a, a Jan Spoonar quality of, of, of goalie late in the year, I mean, you know, how many, how many first rounders is, is that, you know, to, to acquire yeah. a guy like that. Whereas, you know, presumably, I mean, I don't know if you have any publicly shareable information, but you know, is that, uh, is, is that rehab on, on track? Do you think? It is on track. I, I think he's probably, I don't have anything official, but just based upon kind of what we've seen and what, what Johnson has told me in the past of kind of the timeline is, you know, they, they kind of go through their, their initial piece and then they kind of go from crutches to, um, you know, walking again. And, and we, you know, I'm not kind of giving away any information here, but, you know, Spoonar is walking. Uh, he's not on his crutches or anything like that. I, you know, he was out walking for the the New Year's Eve skate and things like that. So he's making his progress. I I, ha- I haven't been able to get out to practice to see if if he's skating yet. But that's kind of the the next step. We saw Brunin take that and and be able to at least dress to be the backup uh, last weekend. Whether or not he was healthy enough yet to go into the game, I think that's still maybe some some questions there. I don't have any. Any inside information on that one either, but um, you know they are still expecting him back this season, and you know you're probably looking at about a month, I would guess. Um, you know, I'd love to be wrong and, and see him back sooner, but it's it's the type of injury that you don't want to rush back, and you want to make sure that he's 100% healthy, doesn't re-injure it or anything like that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He almost kind of becomes a, a later uh, re-addition to, to your team and. Uh, the fact that they've been able to to win as many games as they have with 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 goalies that weren't on this team to start the year is is remarkable, and also ha- you have to give a lot of credit and and thanks if you're Winterhawks fans to Nikovaki and Justin March because th- those are guys who you know they could they could have mailed it in they they could have been like this isn't my team or whatever and and they've they've done everything that's been asked of them and more and. That that's been a big reason why Portland has stayed where they are in the standings, and and it has kind of been on a little bit of a little bit of a run. You know, I you know I think they're nine and one in their last ten games, if I remember right. So um, it's a big, it's just a big part of the hockey, and it's you kind of also got to credit the system that they're playing. And yeah, are they giving up goals? Yeah, it's junior hockey; they're going to give up goals. 
but they're also getting timely saves. They're they're winning the game in the shootout, right? Portland has sometimes struggled in the shootout recently, it feels, and 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 Avakian was able to to help him get the two points against Everett, and uh, that's just a, a really special time right now. And and you you know he gets his first uh, and Avakian gets his first career shutout with Portland after playing years in Tri City, and just seeing how how that locker room responded for him was was really cool to see, and just how tight knit that group must be, and you know we saw it when when Hofer went to World Juniors. And it was Dante Genuzzi and Isaiah Delora that were there, you know, to kind of fill in the gap for the month that Hofer was gone. And they ended up winning the, the division and the conference by one point. And you look back and last time I checked, the points pay the same in December and January as they do in March. And so when when the season comes down to it and we, we look back and, and go, OK, wh- where are they here? Well, th- this could be a moment that you could look back and, and give a lot of credit to, to Marich and to Avakian. Well, and you know, we talk. It seems like we talk about it every week with the the scholarships, but we're we're changing kids' lives. You know, I mean, there's yep. there's you know, I don't know what the the record amount of scholarships given out in a year is, but certainly at the goaltending position, they're uh, they're, they're right there. So you're you know, if if you know, we we talk about you know, sending these kids to the to the pros, and you know, you mentioned Hofer already, and you know, and Aiden Hill winning the Stanley Cup last year, but. There's a lot more kids out of this league to turn into, you know, plumbers and electricians and doctors and, and lawyers and scientists and, and what have you. And, you know, yep. that's, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the, 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 the fun things about this league, even, you know, af- after the after the lights are out at the end of the night. Yep, exactly. And and you got guys like Januzzi who got his first career, you know, shout out in the pros in, in the ECHL. And uh, and then you got Gauthier who, who got a call up, I think, to the AHL and he's been doing well in uh, in the ECHL as well, in, in the Penguin system. So, yeah, you've just got all 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 different guys kind of doing different things. And last I knew, Cole Kaler was was doing some pretty exciting things. I I, um, I was asked to kind of not say too much with what was going on there with him, but uh, just that he was being pretty successful in in his next adventures. And so, uh, you know, even if the goalies don't go make pro and or different things like that, like you said, they they go on and and do some pretty special things uh, w- with their careers after they're done. And the W H L scholarship is definitely a big part of that. Boy, and you know that's a that's a goal I hadn't thought about in some time. But you know, si- similar to Avakian, that was basically out of a job and got a second chance here in Portland, and and really kind of made it into something. So it's kind of you know it's you know I mean if 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 you know I don't I don't know about you or, or, or you the listener, but if I didn't have second chances, I would have been a deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you you and me both, man. Yeah, you and me both. Yep. All right. Well, I know you've got a. Uh, prior commitments you got any closing thoughts as we put a bow on this in this episode not really other than just enjoy the season right enjoy the process enjoy the development you know we talk about all the time it's a developmental league for everybody including podcasters and and bankers who pretend to be re, uh, reporters and in, in, you know in the evening and, and things like that so uh, enjoy the season enjoy the ride remember the fact that these are 16 to 20 year olds uh, who are doing the very best that they can uh, you know be nice on social media people do see it parents see it kids see it friends see it cousins see it um so be respectful but also in the, in the process enjoy it enjoy enjoy the fact that that there's a great you know junior hockey team here in town and uh get out support them and uh you know bef- before you go i think there's a there's a special place where you can get some happy hour pricing if i remember right yeah, they've been. They continue to to expand the facilities down at Cartside. There's uh, there's there's room. Come one, come all. You know, I think we t- talk about it. Even if the Trailblazers are playing, it's it's uh, it still works. So uh, 
yeah, we've, we've, we've got room for you. I don't know, I don't know how snowmageddon is going to affect that, but uh, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on again, Chad. I, I really appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you around the rink. All right, appreciate your time, Josh. Thanks, Chad.